Wednesday, April 30th, 2023. New podcast in the building with my man Big G. Andy kicking it up with the new show called Level Up, L-E-V-E-L-U-P, where we talk about college sports, college football, break it down, let you get some understanding of what's really going to happen this football season. And hey, by the way, it's like Christmas time because we're in week one. We got some game slates. We got some stuff going on. We're with Fans First Sports Network, so oh my goodness. Listen to us, rock with us. All the people out there that's kicking it with us, we rock live on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So make sure you give it a holler and give it a listen. But before I get started, you know me by Big G. Y'all know the voice, y'all know the character, y'all know the guy. I'm gonna throw it over to my guy, Andy. Andy, man, introduce yourself, man. And let's get it rocking and rolling on the Level Up Podcast. Big G, I am so excited to be here. This has been something that I've been excited to do. I've been talking about Syracuse football into the ether for the last four years or so. I've been writing about it for a lot longer than that. It's wild. Uh, my like my writing career, you know, going from Bleacher Report to SB Nation, now kicking it with the you know fans first crew. Uh, it's it's been a journey. But every single fall, this is the best time of the year. Like, I know that everybody gets gets excited for NFL. The NFL's great. I'm not here to, you know, rain on your Sundays. But Saturday, <laughs> Saturdays are where it's at. And especially this week when we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday action, this, this is Christmas. This is the best week of the year. Man, it, it can't get any better, man, based on the fact of, is that, you know, like I said, the, 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 the people out there that listen to podcast land know me from Steel Curtain Network for sure, for sure, and with the homies podcast and know it alls and all, whatever. But my passion has always been for college football. I love college football. I love college football more than probably any other sport out there. And so when I was given the opportunity to hook up with Andy and come up with an idea for a new college football show, Man, level up ringing my bell. So I think that we are going to bring you guys a different way to break down content and about the big games, but even more so just rock it out with sports coverage across the, the, the nation because we got conference realignment. We got all kind of new stuff going on in college football. People don't even really understand NIL, quarterback changes. We got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about. But this week on the inaugural episode of the show, we're going to break down a couple of big-time games because, like Andy said, we're going Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going all the way through Labor Day weekend, man, with some college football. So we're going to get to our first game right off the bat. Andy, man, we got a big-time game off the rip. The Utah Utes versus the Florida Gators, by the way, out there in Utah, man. And we got some questions going on about this game, especially some quarterback stuff. So I'm going to toss it over to you, man, and you tell me what you're thinking right off the bat about this game. Yeah, for those of you who are going to listen to this for the first time, welcome. Whole idea of this show is that Big G and I are going to try to teach you a little bit about scheme, a little bit about analytics. I'm the analytics guy. Big G's the scheme guy. We both mm. love football, and we love college football for how different it is. And I think one of the best things about this game in particular is that if you are an NFL fan, this Mm. might be the most old school NFL game that we have on the entire calendar for the next week, week and a half. Like Florida and, and Utah are both teams that this year want to run the ball down your throat. They want to play hard physical defense. 
Uh, one of my favorite uh, metrics that I love is SP+. Plus. It's from Bill Connolly over at ESPN. It's supposed to be a predictive metric. I find that it's actually really useful in giving you a good gauge on where teams are at and what they will do in the upcoming game. Uh, mm. So I'll definitely be mentioning that a lot. But this is a matchup here where you've got Utah, who's ranked 14th in the country, Florida, who's 23rd in SP+. Plus. Uh, and both offenses are in the top 25, but the real difference is coming down to that defense. Utah's defense, 26th and SP+. Florida's is only ranked 40th. Wow. And to me, the big difference, you can see it right away, Utah's returning nine starters on defense. Fact. This is a unit that's experienced. This is a unit that knows what to expect. It's a unit that played Florida last year. So this isn't going to be a surprise for them. There's nothing that's that Florida can do that can really shock them. So it's going to mm-hmm. come down to the question, can Florida just out physical Utah? Like, can they actually run the ball against this defense consistently? Because Utah is going to sit there and say, there's nothing Florida can do. That's going to surprise them schematically. Mm. I agree, man. Wholeheartedly, man. You know, but let's, let's flip this around and go in this direction first, because we know that the Utah defense is just off the chain. But yeah. let's talk a little bit about the Utah offense versus the Florida Gator defense, because I believe that's where this game's going to be, be won or lost at, simply based on the scheme. Florida Gators is the traditional 4-3 defense that comes into play. They run super huge defensive tackles, defensive ends. They pinch the nose. They run three technique, five technique. And they want to play downhill and fast all the time by pressing the quarterback into action. Therefore, we got a big issue flipped over on the other side with Utah. Who's going to play quarterback for them, man? So I just want to hear what Andy thinks or who – does he want to say a surprise or who he thinks is going to be out there? Because i got questions if Cam Rising is going to be the guy. Yeah, right now on on three sports is reporting that Cam Rising will not play. Uh, that report has yet to be verified by anybody else. So definitely something to keep an eye on. But I would bet, you know, if on three is out there reporting it, it's probably true. Uh, which means that you're going to get a light, lot of Bryson Barnes. Uh, mm. He's a six foot one junior out of U- uh, Milford, Utah. Been yeah. with the program for a minute, but the results just aren't quite there. He played in the bowl game against uh, Penn State, mm. did not look great in that game. Uh, and the last time that he played a Pac 12 game uh, was back on October the 27th. He played the Washington State game, went 17 of 27. For only 175 yards and a touchdown, uh, you know he seems like a fine like from what we see, saw last year and what you can imagine he probably went through in spring. Yeah, totally fine quarterback, yeah. but not a starting caliber guy. Not somebody who was looking to transfer to go get more playing time elsewhere. Somebody who's perfectly comfortable staying at home, being at Utah, being the backup quarterback, stepping up when he has to. But I don't think that there's going to be that X factor. He's not going to be able to stretch the field vertically. He doesn't quite have the legs that you necessarily want in that system. It's going to come down to Utah having to game plan out some really easy decisions for him. And like you mentioned, Florida is not one to give you that at any point in time. Yeah, and that's that's the big thing about the Utah offense as well. Coach Willingham, man, he's he's sort of like a riverboat gambler. You know, he'll take chances and run trick plays and stuff in the game, but I think they're going to depend a lot on that Jaquan Jackson kid, the transfer from the University of Texas at running back, man, because that sets up everything else that he might try to do schematically in the game. Um, Utah, like you said, traditionally, they run that 31 offense, you know, with, with three, three by one 
is 11 personnel as far as those people that listen to us from NFL to college. Or they run what's called two by two, which is 12 personnel, which is double tight. You, you bring them down, you move them in motion, and you set up to get an overload on one side where you can turn and run play action the other way or run RPO, which leads right into Rant Rising being the guy for them. That's why he's been there forever. I mean, he's got to be the oldest quarterback out there in college. It's either him or probably uh, Sam Hartman over at Notre Dame, you know, which is yep. relevant. So so this guy's been there forever, you know, and he's got a huge face mask and whatever else, so he's old school. So do you think that the Florida Gators defense will struggle if Rising's not in there to play quarterback? Florida's only returning five guys on defense. It's why you're going to see a lot of preseason, you know, metrics really – rate that defense lower than you would think for an SEC unit that's expected to be pretty solid this year. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's going to come down to some of the transfers that they've got coming in, but it's also going to come down to a lot of like, what can that front seven do to help out that secondary? And, and yeah. this is a great game for Florida because guess what? I don't think that secondary is really going to be tested by Utah all that much. If rising's not playing, which it sounds like he's not, Utah's going to want to take the air out of the ball and for Florida, if this defense is what it needs to be to win eight SEC games this year, that front seven needs to be stout. And I really think that this is like the perfect week one game because it's fun to talk about. There's You can go either way depending on what your gut feeling is. But at yeah. the end of the day, coming out of this game, we are going to know so much about Florida. We are going to know so much about Utah. And it's going to be one of those games that we can reference for the rest of the season and go, okay, that game really showed us a lot. Um, because you know the old adage in college football there's no bigger improvement than between week one and two so if florida comes out of this and that front yeah. seven holds strong you know that you just got to work on that back end of the secondary and this defense is going to be a top 25 unit on the on the flip side if you're the floor if you're the utah offense mm -hmm. if you can figure out how to work without cam rising and you can give him time to get healthy for the meat of that pac-12 schedule you're going yeah. to be in a really good shape because that defense is going to be what carries you. If, if Utah's going to make another run in the Pac-12 championship this year, yeah. defense is going to have to do the majority of the work, and the offense is going to have to do just enough on the ground and in the air to keep teams honest. Man, for real, for real. And, that, and I definitely will say this. The Florida Gators got two guys that I think is going to be playing on Sundays for sure. That Cam Jackson is a mountain of a man playing in nose tackle, 6'3". Yes. That kid, if he's 335, somebody lying. That kid's about 365, 370. <laughs> I, man, I know college football kids. I know bodies and all whatever else. That kid's at least 350 pounds. And I like that Prissy Uzamuzalian. Is that how you say his name? That linebacker flies to the ball, man. So right. he's downhill trying to attack, 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 attack. So, yeah, maybe Florida's got the advantage defensively, right? So just if we flip it real quick, who's got the advantage the other way? Offense versus defense. I mean, that's the tough part is that you're, you're essentially asking the question, like, can – Florida's running back room do more than Utah's running back room in this game because oh. I'll say this Florida's Florida's got the tougher matchup Florida's going to be going up against a much better defense but you know they've got uh Montrell Johnson and they've got I I have him in my notes as baby ETN it's Travis ETN's little brother that, that's exactly who he is yeah fast 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 man Woo. 16 touchdowns 1500 rushing yards last year between those two guys mm -hmm. and you know they've got you know they've they've got four stars filling out the rest of that roster uh in the running back space if you 
what I would really like to see out of this game is Florida come comes out and takes advantage of those different styles of running backs. You have ETN putting in motion a lot because what you want to do, you want to get that Utah box spread out. If you let right. Utah just crash the box, keep that front seven in tight, doesn't matter how good Johnson is, doesn't matter how good that offensive line is, Utah is going to hold you to two, three yards every play. Offense right. is going to stall out. But if you can right. use ETN, and like for me, that this whole game, obviously Cam Rising is a big part of it, but for me, this game comes down to what they, how do they get the ball in ETN's hands? Are they using him to create space and open up uh, you know, open up the box for the rest of the offense because if they're able yeah. to do that, I think Florida can pull this one out. But like, if you're going straight by the numbers, if you're going straight by, you know, whose strength is better and stronger, I I really like this Utah defense. I think by the end of the season, we'll be talking about this Utah defense as a top ten defense in yeah. the entire country. Yeah. But that you know that Utah offense right now, it, it's it inspires no confidence in me. <laughs> yeah, not until well, once we get an ETA or a siding on rising, you know, I don't right. know. I don't know. And I, I said off camera, man, if they run that kid out there, man, their season is shot. They gotta give this kid time to heal because he's not ready. He's no. not ready. He's not ready to go, but we'll see. So if you got to do a prediction and make a call, who you got, man? Who uh I I think if you you know it's it week one is always so tough because you always are looking at you know who's the favorite usually the good teams come out strong utah's at home i think utah wins this one by maybe a late field goal or something Mm. but Mm. i do i like i don't like the fact that this i think the spread on this was sitting at somewhere you can get it anywhere between five and seven points yeah i saw uh, six and a half i saw six and a half earlier yeah yeah caesars has it down to four and a half now yeah i'm i'm not touching that uh, I will take Utah by three, but I'm not taking. I'm not going any any bigger spread than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no way that I'm taking. So I'm not taking the SEC East team to travel west <laughs> and be and be the Utah Pac-12 team. I'm just not doing it without Rising not even playing. So give me the Utah use definitely for that. Hey, so but listen, before we get to our next game, I got a special announcement. Even though this is our initial first time podcast on FFSN. I got commissioned by Jeff Hartman, who's the who's our leader and a great voice out on FFSN, to talk about a special announcement to give all of our fans that's listening. So here we go, and I'm going to give you the announcement, and it's going to be beneficial, so you want to listen and follow the instructions of what's going on. Attention sports fans, are you a fan of an NFL team? Would you love to attend your favorite team's week one game? Well, you're in luck. Fans First Sports Network is giving away one, two, three, four free tickets for week one NFL game up to your choice for $5,000 the tickets can be. So we're talking about excellent, great, maybe 50-yard line, somewhere in a good spot watching some games of the NFL team of your choice, and it doesn't matter who it is. So this is how you get those tickets to get your hands on it So because I know you guys are excited and want to hear. So the rules to enter are simple. Go to http semicolon backslash backslash contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it. Once you got that done, you're officially registered for four free tickets any week one game up to $5,000 for your favorite team. I'm going to read off how you do it. It's contestfansfirstsports.com. You go to register, listen, and hey, 
maybe because it's our initial show, you might put yourself in position to get that big win. But we got rocking up on level up for sure. So, so Andy, now that I got the business out of the way, let's get to this next game. Who we got on the slate for week for game number two of our interests and our importance for this week? We're looking at Colorado going to TCU. We got Coach Ooh. Prime's first game in the Power Five. Uh, Colorado uh, ranked 88th in SP Plus. TCU mm. ranked 21st in SP Plus. They're ranked uh, 17th in the in the national 17th in national polls. This mm. game is on Fox, kicking off the big noon Saturday game. We were talking pre-show. You're a big fan of Coach Prime. Yeah. I think he's a very excellent coach, but I also think that this game is a real rough way to introduce what is essentially a whole new team uh, that he's bringing to Colorado uh, to you know their next challenge. Colorado last year in the Pac, whatever number conference you want to call it right now, it's going to be the Pac <laughs> the done pack. next year. <laughs> yeah. Pack over, pack over is what it is. Or over, well, let's call it over pack. We're gonna call it the over pack because it's the done. over it's the done. over pack yeah, <laughs> the overpack conference last year. They're going to the Big Twelve, so we're going to see this matchup again next year. Uh, for me, I feel like this is going to be a pretty obvious TCU win. But you were talking, you know, you were you were talking to me pre-show, and you were getting me thinking about this. It does seem like TCU. We knew they were going to take a step back from last year's, yeah. you know, national semifinal or national runner-up, whatever you want to call, it, getting your butt beat by Georgia the way that they did. Smashed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're still a good team, but I think that the drop-off from last year to this year might be larger than some are anticipating. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, this is the thing. Deion Sanders is about to roll out 18 guys out of the 22 starters that are straight-up transfer portal players. However, the quality of guys that he's going to roll out is second to none. I mean, you got to realize he's got two back-to-back best corners in the whole country, and Travis Hunter was deemed the best player in the country his senior year as far as five-star talent. And this might be the second sighting of maybe a Charles Woodson-type guy that plays offense and defense, because for those that don't know, he will be starting both offensively and defensively this this week one, at least for sure. The issue is going to be, does Deion Sanders have enough bodies in the trenches to match up with what's going on with TCU because TCU schematically, now that Max Duggins is gone the, and Quentin Johnson, their big time receiver, they're going to try to play basically a track team. They're going to go as fast as they possibly can, but they have mountain offensive line. Now, their offensive line averages six foot seven, six foot six, 330 pounds across the board. So, and they got a running back that you can't even see in the backfield. He's literally a bowling ball. He's like five foot seven, 200 pounds. So they're going to try to go real fast, spread you out, spread you out, and hit you, hit you. Can Deion Sanders' defense hold up in the trenches? That's going to be the issue because the skill set from the linebackers and defensive backs, and they run a traditional 4-3 defense. Can they hold up? That's my question, and that's, I think, what the th first thing we got to look at is concerning this game. Can TCU's offense overtake Deion Sanders' defense? Your thoughts, Andy, on that? Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, this offensive unit – absolutely decimated by graduations and you know graduations both academically and to the NFL like this was one yes. of the most talented offensive units last year and we're starting to see 
how I think a lot of people thought that Deuce Vaughn was like a college running back, like the way that <laughs> what he does only works at the college game. We're seeing that that kid is just an absolute stud uh, with mm. the way he was performing in preseason. And so TCU has to replace that somehow. But the, the big thing to remember, and I think this is like this always this always got me, was that last year Chandler Morris was supposed to be the starting quarterback, not Facts. Max Duggan. Facts. And and it was his injury that opened the door for that Heisman Cinderella story season. Mm-hmm. And so this guy is coming back to campus. Duggan is gone. And now you're going like, look, this was supposed to be my job. This is supposed to be my team that you took to the national title. Mm-hmm. And he's still there. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're hundred percent. The one thing that you called out is so true. Like Dion did a great job of recruiting and bringing in some of the best corners that you are going to see in the entire country to this yeah. Colorado team. And I think this is a great challenge for TCU because you're going, okay, we have to replace NFL caliber wide receivers here. We know mm-hmm. like if you are a TCU optimist, you're feeling really good about the quarterback because it's, it was the guy who was supposed to start last year and didn't because of injury. He stays it's healthy. True. We have our quarterback, yeah. but you don't have that running. You don't have that wide receiver room filled with NFL size guys anymore. Quinn Johnson's have, bye-bye. Yeah. You don't, you don't have that safety valve of Deuce Vaughn in the backfield to toss the ball to or hand the ball off to. Mm. So it's, this is going to be one of those situations where you figure out is TCU actually doing what they said they were supposed to do which was Mm -hmm. become this factory that can take in four and five star blue chip guys from the state of texas and turn them into you know the next great college wide receiver like that's that's what tcu wants to do and this is the first real test of saying like okay you don't have to worry about the quarterback side uh but i my personal opinion here is that when i look at tcu i look at that defense and i say yeah i like that defense I yeah. don't know if I like that offense a lot. And I think TCU will score because it is going to be a track meet. It is going to be a bit of an adjustment for, for the Colorado defense. But I just don't know if it's going to be consistent. We've we've seen in the past teams that like to move tempo. If yeah. you're not scoring, if you're not moving the ball, all you're doing is just doing really quick three and outs. And that's yeah. going to make the defense run down. It's not it's ends up putting you behind the eight ball schematically, and you end up coaching from behind. Uh, due to your tempo yeah but if anybody can do it it's Deion Sanders and he's got the horses I've already mentioned that they have Travis Hunter who in my opinion has a possibility to be a dark horse Heisman if he plays the way he's supposed to play and the team does well but then on top of that you got Shiloh Sanders his son is a safety and you got Kamari McClain who was Travis Hunter part two as far as cornerback <laughs> top five five-star corner man so if TCU tries to air it out and they throw a pick, that game could get real interesting from offense to defense real fast. So I like I, – I said it before, and I've said it on my other podcast. I believe that Colorado has a top 10 defensive backfield as far as college football is concerned. I'm just concerned about who they got at linebackers and, and defensive line. So, so I would give probably an edge right off the bat to TCU's offense just because we don't know what's going on with prime and the defensive line, for sure, for sure. Flipping yeah. it around, flipping it around, we're going to go offense to defense. Offensively for um, uh, Colorado, what you got lined up against TCU's defense? I was going to say, the big thing with that you're working at with Colorado uh, and TCU uh, on the matchup is that TCU basically has one of the best defensive tackles that you can possibly have in the country, and, and Dominic Williams 
He yeah. is an absolute stud. He's a monster. We talked about it in the Florida Utah matchup. Like when you've yeah. got that big guy in the middle, it's yeah. going to cause problems. And so mm-hmm. if you're Colorado, like I'm, I'm looking up right now, that offensive line is not necessarily what you'd want going into this no. kind of matchup. <laughs> facts, facts. A little small. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not they're not looking they're not looking so hot on that side of the ball, and so it becomes a question of you know uh, is uh, is is Sanders the quarterback uh, again? Dion's kid is he going to be ca- is he going to be com- is he going to be comfortable running the ball? And I don't necessarily mean like tucking it and running, but when you've got a guy in the middle of that defense. The best mm-hmm. way to counteract that when you have a light offensive line is make everybody in the front seven run. Just constantly run bootlegs. Uh, don't rely a lot on the RPO stuff to keep people frozen. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to be make sure that you're consistently moving in some kind of, not necessarily an option look, but something to the effect where, look, the, the defensive TCU cannot get comfortable just putting their head down and pushing forward. Mm-hmm. You have to make you have to move the tackle boxes in some way, shape, or form to neutralize that disadvantage that you have. And again, Sanders looked really good last season. Uh yeah. but it's a different level of it's a different level of competition. It's Fact. always really tough to prognosticate what that jump looks like. And for me, there is a recipe here where Colorado can be successful. Mm-hmm. It's just not necessarily a recipe that, you know, I'm not going to go to my local sports book and I'm not going to put money down on Colorado mm-hmm. winning this game. But if yeah. Colorado were to keep this game close uh, or Colorado was to win this game, it wouldn't surprise me at all because we've seen things like this happen. We've just never right. seen a team entirely made up of transfers come in and take on an established team like TCU in week one. Normally, mm-hmm. there's a couple of warm up cupcake games before you jump right into the meteor schedule. Yeah. Yeah, for facts. But once again, just like I said, that Colorado has that skill position jumping off on defense. Oh, my goodness, on offense, man. They got they got Jimmy Horn Jr., who those that don't know, that's Joe Horn's son that played in the NFL. Absolute baller. Yeah, absolute. Xavier Weaver, that kid is a baller. He comes from a big-time program coming into Colorado. We said they're going to run Travis Hunter out there. You got Shador playing quarterback. You got Alton McCaskill, a grad, I mean, a grad transfer coming in. This kid is a baller. And they got one of my favorite players and favorite names in all college football. But Kavansle Smoke, man. <laughs> that kid, hey, listen, I don't know if anybody's seen this kid play. He played last year for the University of Kentucky. He's a legit mm, about 210, 215 pounds, about 5'9. And when you label a kid a bowling ball, he is a mm-hmm. bowling ball. You're, he's almost as big as he is up top as he is in the bottom. And he's got breakaway speed. So I look for the Colorado offense to do a little stuff to put some pressure on that TCU defense right off the back. So saying all that, who you got, man? Who you got? I still like TCU to win this game. This is another one where the spread right now is sitting at 20 and a half points for TCU. It is yeah. a home game. Yeah. Uh, I think that we could definitely be reaching the three touchdown category. I'm going to take mm. TCU and the points. Ooh. However, however, I am going to sit here and say, I think that this is a game where you're going to have it on the TV for all four quarters. I don't Mm. think that TCU is going to put Colorado away the way that some Mm. people think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a game where maybe towards the end, once everybody's tired, it's going to be a hot one down in Texas. You start seeing some, you start seeing the gas and you start just seeing the trading scores back and forth. Mm. Hey, so check this out. All my fans that rock with me on the fans first sports network, you know, how big G gets down with the big G burners, man. I'm calling a burner. 
Colorado in an upset over TCU week. Wow. Prime shows up and shows out, man. It's all about heart, man. Deion Sanders, for those that don't know, is a tier one level coach. He's not at a tier one level program yet, but this guy knows how to motivate kids. Otherwise, why would he have a brand new 22 in Colorado? I know the corpse, the culture's been horrible, but this is an opportunity for Dion to change it around week one with culture. So I got the Colorado Buffs pulling the upset on TCU. Hey, so for our listeners out there, what we're going to do real quick, we got to take a commercial break and pay some bills around here on the Level Up podcast on Fans First Sports Network. Give us about 10 seconds and we'll be back with my man Andy rocking out about this college football thing. So give us a quick pause. And we're back with the Level Up podcast on Wednesday. It's our happy Wednesday, whatever you want to call the Wednesday. People call it different things. Hump day, you name it, they call it that. But we are at the Wednesday before the initial, really not week zero, week one of college football where real games are getting played this year for the first time, and I'm super excited about it. Rocking out with Andy, we broke down a couple of games. Man, we're on to our third game. Andy, who you got for week three and the breakdown this week? We are talking about your, the Ohio State Buckeyes, going on the road for a week one challenge, going to Indiana. Uh, If this game was two years ago, I'd be way more interested in it. But, man, uh, Indiana is probably the hottest seat in all of college football right now. Uh, They are not coming into this game ranked. They are 83rd in SP+. Uh, Ohio State, meanwhile, one of the best teams in the country, playoff favorite, ranked number three in the country overall. SP Plus loves them even more. They have them at number two in the country behind Georgia. Uh, and I'm just looking at this. I Indiana's re- returning eight total starters on both sides of the ball. Ohio State is returning 14 total starters on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I... I I was looking at this matchup, and the biggest thing that stands out to me is Indiana is projected to have a terrible defense. Mm. Uh, SP Plus has them as a as the hundredth quote unquote best defense in the country, and I'm looking at that Ohio State running back room. We know that there are questions about what's the quarterback performance going to look like when you're replacing CJ Stroud. Doesn't yeah. really matter when you're bringing back 25 rushing touchdowns from last season. Ohio State's going to be able to put the ball on the ground, run down Indiana. This game's going to be over. If this game is not a three-score deficit by the end of the first quarter, I will be disappointed in Ohio State because I think this Indiana team's firing its coach midway through the season. <laughs> you said Allen is out of here, huh? Wow, that's 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 saying 20, a lot, 20 million man. buyout and all. Like this team is just not put together well, and yeah. they're going to need some magic if they're going to get back into a bowl game and and save his job. Got you, got you, man. Hey, so listen, man. I, you know, people know how I, about my near, near and dear love, the Ohio State Buckeyes, man. I love that team. I talk about it on the other platforms for sure, for sure. But let me tell you something, man. There's a lot going on down in the CO in Columbus right now, man. Because the issue is we haven't solved the quarterback position. That's the problem. So, you know, feet on the ground, know a little bit, talk to people here and there, all whatever else. It's already been announced. Coach Day said, hey, I'm going to run out Kyle McCord on the first snap, first series and first set. But I'm telling you guys right now, mark my words, Devin Brown is that guy. 
Devin Brown is an electric football player, and he's just got it. He's got the swagger of it. So until the quarterback controversy is actually solved, not to mention Ohio State now has three new starting offensive linemen in the rotation, including a grad transfer from San Diego State, and that last name Simmons is going to play left tackle. There's going to be a lot of questions because skill set-wise, nobody can match up. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. who can win the Heisman Trophy, Ameko Buku who's a first-round draft pick, Mark my words and listen out for these two names as far as freshman or freshman and sophomore wide receivers, Jalen Ballard and the young fella Tate, who Marvin Harrison self said himself that this kid is ahead of him as far as progression. They got plenty. Of, they got a stable running backs with Porchot Williams and Travion Henderson, not to mention the others. But man, until that quarterback thing solved, I wouldn't be shocked if it's close. But I think that Coach Day is going to do the right thing and let it be solved on the field versus playing the politics. Because for what I know, feet on the ground, the room's split in half. Half of them want McCord, half of them want Brown. So let's see which guys got it. That's what I'm saying offensively to defense. You know how we do. We do a turnaround on level up, man. Let's go Indiana's offense against the Buckeyes. Maybe improved, maybe top five defense in the country. What you got, Andy? Yeah, the defense is one of those things that uh, we we often we're going to talk. I think one of the fun things about this show that we're going to do is that we're going to talk about scheme. And that means we're going to be talking about coordinators. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is super underrated at the college level is that when you bring in a coordinator, you're not it's not like the NFL. You're not bringing in a guy who's got years and years of experience and is really just kind of calling X's and O's and working on schematics. You're bringing in a teacher. You're bringing in somebody who's working with kids who are 18 to 23 years old and trying to improve them on a day-to-day basis. It's a very different job. Mm. And Ohio state last year had a first year DC and had a fantastic defense. They just happened to lose the one game in the season that they are not allowed to lose. And so tune, tune, we call it tune around here in these (laughs) sports. So I'm, I'm looking at this, you're returning seven starters your defense is coming back with that coach, with that coordinator for a second year. Uh, this is a situation where if you're looking at what has historically happened, this is when you see that big jump. This is when mm. you see the year two guys had a system involved for, for a little bit here. Uh, Jim Knowles is a really, really good DC. And I think that this is a year where the Ohio State defense surprises people. And yeah. I think that this is a situation where we see the Ohio State defense be the best defense in the entire Big Ten. And I, think that, and I think that there is only one other defense in the entire country that's better than Ohio State, and it's the team in Georgia that we will talk about when they play an actual opponent this season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, man, that's that's big shoes, and that's big praise for Buckeye land. I'm, I mean, people saying around these parts that they definitely for sure got eight or nine guys that's going to play in the NFL, possibly – three to four first-round draft picks this year with JT Tua, Jack Sawyer, Tommy Eichenberg, and the crew coming in there and battling and playing defense. But the issue is going to be, can scheme matter? However, I got to point this out. They run a very different defense because they run four down linemen, two linebackers, and then they got a guy that they move around, which is a defensive back that comes into place what's called the jack position. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready. Allow me to introduce you to Sonny Styles. Remember you heard that name first here on Level Up Sports, Level Up Podcast. When I'm telling you this kid is a unicorn, he's a unicorn. He's 6'4", 
240, basically, 235 pounds. Jeez. He runs a legit 4-4-40 yard dash, and he probably could win first-team All-Big Ten this year at safety. He is the, the famous Buckeye people that know this is Lorenzo Styles' son. He's all that for real, for real. So if you haven't, if you haven't listened or haven't watched, when you get the impression of what's going on on Buckeye's defense this weekend, remember we told you about Sonny Styles. All right, so that's enough praise for the Buckeyes for sure. Anything you want to jump in about the Indiana man to say about their offense? Do they even have a chance against this Buckeye defense? I don't think they have a chance, but I do want to call out that Indiana uh, brought in 25 transfers this year. There's only one yes. program in the entire country that has more transfers. That would be the aforementioned Colorado Buffaloes. Mm-hmm. This is this is a team where I would not be surprised if. Ohio State go like let's say Ohio State goes up 21 nothing like in the first mm-hmm. you know 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. This is an Indiana team that has got a bunch of players fighting for playing time. And it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me to start seeing rotations across all levels of the offense. The only real thing that I think you can like write in right now is uh Taven Jackson is the quarterback. Yeah. He's a transfer from Tennessee. Yeah, he's probably the only constant because look, if you're Indiana and you get an SEC transfer. That's kind of a big deal. He's going to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody else, like I'm looking at this roster and you're looking at, you're looking at transfers that are coming in from some smaller programs, making the jump up. You're looking at them coming from other P5 programs where they didn't necessarily get playing time, yeah. but it's not necessarily that big of a, it's not really a step down coming to Indiana. Uh, I, I don't love anybody on this Indiana team outside of Jackson to, do something in this game like i'm sure we'll see some deep threats you got to take your shots against ohio state but like you said i think that that ohio state defense is going to give indiana fits and it's it's not going to be pretty yeah so we don't even need to call this one but we will though who you got andy i got ohio state the points are 30 right now i would take i would take ohio state by 35 36 like i think this I think this I think this might be the blowout of all blowouts in terms of P5 versus P5 teams that are playing yeah. this week. Yeah, this yeah. is this is the most mismatched one. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but I, I look for the Buckeyes. It might be a little closer than what you think at the beginning because we get like I said, we got to figure out what's going on with QB1 for sure in Ohio State. All right, we're going to pivot and head to the next game. Andy, this is one of the games I really, really wanted to talk about outside the Buckeyes. I really wanted to talk about this next game. So who you got on the slate for us to break down and talk about? We've got UNC versus South Carolina. This game is played at a neutral site uh, down in Charlotte. This is going to be, if you're watching, if you're a big fan of College Game Day, this is where College Game Day is going to be this week. Facts. Uh, it It is the number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels against the unranked South Carolina Gamecocks. For me, this is one of the most interesting games of the first few weeks of the season because of the quarterback battle. You've got yes. Drake May on UNC, Heisman top five odds getter this year so far. Lots of people are really riding his uh, riding his boat. And then on the other side, you've got somebody who was basically Drake May before Drake May and Spencer Rattler, <laughs> like the guy yeah. who was following the guy, supposed to have all this hype, I won't say flamed out spectacularly, but he did not do well. Uh, has had to ride the trans, went to the transfer portal, ended up going uh, to South Carolina, and yeah. I really think that this is one of those matchups where neither team has a very good defense, according to SP Plus. Uh, no. UNC's ranked fifty seventh, uh, South Carolina's ranked sixty first. 
So it's really going to come down to which quarterback makes more plays. And honestly, you could flip a coin here, and I'd believe you, because Drake May, insanely talented. Spencer Rattler in the back half of last year looked like the guy that he was supposed to be at Oklahoma. Facts. Facts for sure, for sure. I, man, I want, this is the thing about it. Uh, Spencer Rattler is probably about 24 years old. So he's got a lot. He's been playing college football forever. I mean, he was in Oklahoma and now in South Carolina. He, he, I think he's got more offensive weapons than Drake May has for North Carolina. And the reason I say that is because I knew how critical Josh Downs was for a wide receiver for Drake May. Even though I'm up here in Big Ten country, I know a little bit about ACC football. And I know how good of a wide receiver Josh Downs actually was. So I, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, who in the world is Drake May going to throw the ball to? So fill me in a little bit about that, man. Who If we're going to pick matchup and matchup, quarterback on quarterback, who does Drake may have to throw the ball to in North Carolina? The most interesting thing about this is that Mac Brown's whole shtick of coming back to North Carolina was, look, I'm going to be able to put that Carolina Tar Heel Blue with the Jumpman logo on across all the country. We're going to get some great recruits. And he has. Mm. just not necessarily consistently or all at one position group. And so the wide receiver group right now is relying on Devontae Walker, who is a transfer from Kent State. And I think that Kent State was coached by Sean Lewis last year. Sean Lewis Mm. is now the OC over at Colorado. Really great offensive mind. He was previously at my alma mater at Syracuse for a while. He grew up in the Dino Babers tree, which has churned out a lot of really productive, big, run in a straight line wide receiver type. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that that's good for UNC, but the hesitation that I have here is, you know, Walker is 6'3", 195. Mm -hmm. That's decent size. You're looking at Nate, you're looking at Nate McCollum Jr. As the slot guy at five, nine. And then you're looking at Gavin Blackwell. Who's only six foot. There's not a lot of size here. And to me, that's always a bit of a red flag with an offense, even though you have as talented of a quarterback as you do in Drake may. Yeah. When you don't have the size, it means you got to be crisp. It means your timing has to be on point. It means that you're creating separation through scheme and not through physicality or through athletic ability. And that always worries me in a game like this, where no, the South Carolina defense isn't that great, but -hmm. they're going to be able to match up physically with that smaller wide receiver group. And yeah, there's not yeah. there's not a clear one on one matchup to take advantage of to really extend uh, extend yourself. Well, that's that's the traditional SEC. You know, we're, we're bigger, stronger, faster, more physical than you. And when you get SEC ACC matchups, that usually becomes the deal because it's like, okay, can the ACC match up physically with the SEC talent, especially at that linebacker and defensive back? You know, so so. Without going into the big-time breakdown, because we really are focusing on the quarterbacks with this, I'll just say, like I said, that I think South Carolina's got more offensive weapons. Antoine Wells, Xavier Leggett, Ahmad Brown are all three senior wide receivers, plenty of playing time, plenty of catches, and they're going to get a rhythm with Spencer Rattler. So I'm going to call this one first. I'm thinking South Carolina's going to win. But, Andy, I know you're in ACC country, man. So talk to me, man. Where's your heart go this year? Is it ACC or are you going to go with South Carolina and the Gamecock boys? I I want to go South Carolina because of the, because of the reasons that you said. Like, I really think that Spencer Rattler has the better matchup here. Um, but I do think that Drake may – 
might be the guy who's raising the Heisman Trophy at the end of the season. Mm. I don't necessarily think UNC is going to win the ACC, but I do think UNC is aware of the fact that right now the ACC is a two-tier conference where there's Florida State Clemson and there's everybody else. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I think that they're going to come out and try to make a statement here. I think you'll see some trick plays. I think you'll see UNC really treat this like a mid-season matchup. Uh, And uh, right now, if you're going to Vegas, UNC's favored by two and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna take UNC as well. I think they win this one by a field goal. Got you, got you, man. Hey, it's gonna be a spicy matchup. I think it's also gonna come down to the last team with the ball. So we're gonna see what and which quarterback makes a mistake. That's gonna be big time going on between Spencer Rattler and. Mr. May down there in UNC land. Hey, so we saved the best game on the whole ticket, the whole week one for our listeners to break down last game. The LSU Tigers versus the Florida State Seminoles. Who's back? Whose program's there? And do both of these teams have an opportunity to maybe be playing in the college football playoff this year? Andy, I know you're real excited about this game, man. Talk to me, man. What's going on with your preview for LSU versus Florida State? I love this game. This is what week one should be about. You need to have that game where a loss here for Florida State or LSU doesn't end their season, Mm. but it basically means that there's no room for error for the rest of the year for either one of these programs. And that's all you want in a big-time matchup. Uh, You know, I'm looking at LSU – which uh, SP plus really loves them. Like they're, they're ranked uh, fifth in the country in the AP poll. They're ranked fifth in the country in the SP plus Florida state is ranked eighth in the country. This is, this is about as close as you can get. But I think the big difference here is that Florida state offense is Mm. returning everyone. And then they're adding five-star transfers right now. Phil Steele's uh, model projects Florida State to score 40 points per game this year. Even against LSU? See, well, average, average 40 points per game. You know, Florida State does play Syracuse at some point this year. So, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 50 50 ball, 50 ball in the house. Okay, I got you. Exactly. All right, so go ahead. But I'm looking at at this offense, and I – Brian Kelly is a guy who – will have the defense playing nasty. This is going to be a great challenge for Florida State. Really, I think it's going to come down to the trenches. Florida State, the last few years, has collapsed, failed to live up to expectations because that offensive line has just been a mess. This year, they're returning the majority of the line. Most of that line is experienced the entire two deep down. And I think that if you are Florida State, this is the exact recipe that you want. You know, you got Jordan Travis back there with a year of experience starting. You've got all these weapons around him, both in the running back room and in the wide receiver room. The offensive line should be cohesive. Yeah. I think LSU is a fantastic team. I think this is going to be a fantastic game, but I think that the Florida State offense is just a little bit better than the LSU defense. And that's no disrespect to the LSU defense. I just think this Florida State offense is going to be something special this year. Man, I mean, you're saying a lot with that. And I, I do believe it because in my estimation, in my opinion, 
the Florida State Seminoles play the closest thing as far as ACC teams to SEC football. And I think it's been a minute that they've been trying to build a program to mirror or match an SEC program to where Florida State is huge in the trenches. You know, they're not small at all. I mean, you were talking about they got a 328-pound nose tackle. That his name's Farrar Levette or something like that. Farrar Levette, yeah. the, the kid can play. He's huge. But they're also big, fast, and strong defensively. But then offensively, the offensive line is built like an SEC offensive line. And I think when you start, start talking about JT Daniels at quarterback at LSU versus Jordan Travis, I hang my hat with Jordan Travis, man. I think that Jordan Travis is an electrifying quarterback. Nothing against JT Daniels, but I think Jordan Travis is a dark horse Heisman guy. So this is he going to show up because what he's traditionally done outside of the Clemson games, he shows up big. <laughs> he lays an egg for whatever reason against Clemson. But everybody else, he sure to shows up and shows out. So I like Jordan Travis over JT Daniels. That's just my thoughts, man. No, I think your thoughts are, are spot on here. Like Jordan Travis is somebody who – if you could go and like, you know, we're going to get the NCAA football games next year, but Jordan Travis is basically the character that everybody created in the be in the, you know, when you create your own singular character, yeah, he's, a, yeah. he's a, he's a six, one quarterback who can run it. He can yeah. sling it. He can do a little bit of everything that you need to do. Yeah. And I think a, a, a 93 the, overall, a 93 overall. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and one, of the, one of the things like to that point with the Clemson game, one of the questions that I had with Jordan Travis was that there was early in his career, he was always looking for the home run play. He was always yeah. saying, well, if everybody's covered, I'm going to run the ball 95 yards. Yeah. Well, if I'm getting blitzed, I'm just going to chuck the ball up and try to make the Hail Mary play. And I think what we saw last year was that he learned how to play in an offensive system. He yes. learned how to take the checkdowns. He learned how to take the safe route to fight another day and fight for another big play. And I think yeah. against an LSU team that's going to like pin its ears back, it's going to rely on those corners to go man-to-man against the Florida State uh, wide receivers, Jordan Travis is going to need to take those checkdowns. And Florida State was lucky to win the game last year against LSU – this year, I think that they're going to win this game and they're going to deserve to win this game from start to finish because of that maturity that Travis has. And also on the defensive side, I'm telling you right now, I watched Jared Verse when he was at Albany play Syracuse. I, I know guy, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched this guy go up against Sean Tucker, who's uh, third all-time Syracuse leading rusher. Mm-hmm. I watched this guy just bottle him up in a way that no other Power 5 team that Syracuse played did all season long. That guy at Florida State is a monster, and I would be terrified if I was the LSU uh, offensive line. I think this is going to be a really good challenge to see how disruptive Verse can be for that seminal defense. To your point, it's big, it's strong. I don't know if it's as good as the Clemson defense. Verse being like that Nindomican Sioux type guy who is a top three pick on the defensive Mm -hmm. line. If he can be that, I think Florida State might be able to challenge for the ACC title this year. Hey, it sounds all good to me, but I think the one thing that we got to talk about before we get off the air yep. is that I think this is going to be a coaching matchup. Rumor has it, Coach Novell's on the hot seat. You know, yes. he's he's got to play. That's what I'm hearing up here in Big Ten country about what's going on down in Florida State. So, does is it Coach Kelly or Coach Novell? Who you like? I will always uh, dislike Coach Kelly on a personal level, mostly just because <laughs> uh, I I you know. Notre Dame coach for so long. I do not like Notre Dame. I will put yeah, that yeah. out there into the ether right now. Uh, but 
Uh, I think Norvell is doing all of the right things at Florida State. I think this year was a great example of it where they knew that they had a really talented team. They had a really talented recruiting class came in and they still supplemented it with uh, transfer portal guys. Norvell believed in his culture enough to say like, look, I'm going to go out and bring in these really talented kids. I'm going to tell them they can compete for a starting job, but I'm not going to give them anything. And I'm banking on my culture, my team, my scheme to kind of yeah. tie everything together and keep the culture here. And I think that, look, if it works this year, Florida State is going to go 11-1 and one and probably lose the Clemson game this year, but be <laughs> in the conversation all season long. Yeah, uh, yeah. If they lose this game, to your point, Florida State has shown that money is not an option. If they do not like the direction that you're going in, they will fire you and they will move on to the next guy. Man, I believe it to be true, man. So saying all that, man, this is a hard one to pick, Andy. I don't know which way to go. I mean, it's almost a coin toss for me. But my gut is telling me that Florida State is going to win. My gut is telling me. I might be wrong. Big G's been known to be wrong before. But I've also, man, done some Gistradamus things where I can see way out into the future and call some games. So I do believe that Florida State edges this one out, man. Andy, you going to be a homer? You going to rock with the ACC or what you going to ride with? SEC, I'm rocking with you. I'm rocking with the ACC on this one. I, I am shocked. I'm looking at the ESPN matchup predictor that uses like the football power index. It gives mm. it gives LSU a 65% chance to win this game. I do Ooh. not agree with that at all. I think this is a coin flip game that comes down to Jordan Travis making the plays and not trying to be a hero. Uh, mm. And I think he can do that. He proved it last year. He played in some big games last year. He obviously wasn't perfect in all those big games. Mm -hmm. uh, but he looked great in the bowl game. He looked great against Florida. He dominated Miami. I think he's turned the corner. I think this is the year where we see Jordan Travis fully realized Heisman candidate, and I think Florida State might be back. And uh, I'm not looking forward to hearing that tomahawk chop all season long, but we're gonna we're gonna get sick of it by the by the time the season's over. Man, for sure, for sure. Hey, so we're to the end of the podcast, man. We thank for all those people that was out there listening to us and rocking with us on our inaugural Level Up podcast with my boy Andy P and your boy Big G. But Andy, before we go, tell the people what you got going on out there in podcast land so they can listen to outside of what's going on with this new Fans First Sports Network project. Absolutely. Uh, make sure that you tune in to the main uh, college feed that this podcast is coming out on. I'll also be hosting an ACC specific preview with my friend uh, Corey Cohen. We're really looking forward. That's going to be called the Action Preview. Uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, and then additionally, I'm going to be hosting, as always, the Disloyal Idiots, a Syracuse podcast. Uh, we do that every Sunday. We do football, we do basketball, we do soccer. We'll do any sport that Syracuse is playing. Uh, and, you know, we've been doing that now for four or five years, and we're excited to really kick it off into high gear this year. we got some guests lined up. Really excited. Big G, I am super excited to get episode one out the door. We're going to yeah. keep improving this thing. I'm looking forward to working with you. I'm looking forward to previewing this amazing sport that is college football. For sure, for sure. And, hey, before I go, I'm going to let you guys all know, please check me and the fellas out 
on Pump Your Breaks podcast Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. on Fans First Sports Network, Steel Curtain Network. I'm sitting back with the Triple OG Shannon Shannon and my boy Take Boy Fresh. Check me out on Fridays with the Homies podcast, both the after party and before party with B-Dirt and Payday Sanders from the Bear Call and Running Through the Jungle. And don't forget my boy Take Boy Fresh. And lastly, don't forget to rock with Big G on the Know It Alls podcast Sundays at 6.15 p.m. with me, Mod, and Take Boy Fresh. You know how we do. All rocking out on the Fans First Sports Network. So as we close, we thank you for listening and rocking with us. Our initial show, and don't forget to level up. Peace.